0: Hey everybody, welcome to episode 21 of the Visualize You show. How are you doing? How is 2021 treating you? It is snowing here in the UK. Have you made a snowman? Do you want to make a snowman? I should I say, do you want to build a snowman? So this first two weeks of 2021 has been kind of crazy. What is going on in the world? But... I am seeing lots of signs relating to money and abundance, so I'm having lots of conversations about money and abundance, and I am having people send me emails about mindset, money mindset, and my friend KJ sent me a book, which is amazing, let me just find this book so I can tell you what it's called, it's called Overcoming, Earning, and it's by Barbara Stanny. And it is a five-step plan to a richer life. And Barbara Stanley has a number of amazing books on Audible and other places you can buy books. And it's about overcoming your money fears and earning what you deserve. So maybe 2021 has... Got you thinking about money and abundance and what you want to create in 2021. And this is really the reason why I wanted to share with you today's episode. So this is an episode that I recorded quite a while ago in 2020 and it's with my friend Alison Lex and the interview is actually a guest expert episode. So it's slightly different to the usual format that you will be used to. I think it's the second one that we've done in this format, but that allows me to really go into a lot more detail with our guest expert and to ask some amazing questions that are really going to help you if you are thinking about creating products for your service-based business. So in this episode... Some of the things we cover include the science behind pricing courses and the strategy of making sales. But using Alison's own words, hashtag real talk, she really busts through the myths about product creation. Some of the things that you're probably not actually getting taught by other experts in this particular area. She shares really cool ways of identifying what your product might look like and she's so generous with her expertise. We cover everything from micro courses, mini courses, tripwires, all the way up to courses that have a comma in their price tag. But one of the biggest takeaways that I think I got from this episode was the importance of selling people the transformation. But in doing so, you don't want to sell them the world and then fail especially if you want your customers to turn into long-term customers then we cover the psychology behind tripwires and different product pricing and other amazing stuff and if you've ever wondered how bonuses work when selling digital products you'll want to stick around for the bonus sandwich okay so if you are thinking about create a product have a product about to launch there is so much amazing content in this episode. I have listened to it a number of times and it will definitely be an episode that I go back to every time I think about creating a new course or think about launching a new course and I really hope you get out of it as much as I did. I hope you enjoy this one. Welcome to the Visualize You podcast. I'm your host, Beth Huey, and each week on the show, we will talk about how you can pivot in your career and create a business that is more in alignment with your true soul's calling. I'll bring you interviews with inspirational people who have taken that path already, so you can learn the practical skills that will help you do the same. I'll also deliver training and bring experts onto the show to help you recognize your self-worth, honor your skills, and become confident, feeling ready to pivot, package, promote, and profit from your career and life experiences. Welcome everybody to today's Visualize You show. I'm joined today by Alison Lex. Alison is 13 plus years veteran in the direct response copywriting field. From her start as the director of marketing at Glazer Kennedy Insider Circle, to her private business helping hundreds of coaches, authors and speakers, and her new podcast, helping businesses to market and put the good out there into the world. She lives and breathes effective marketing that works without selling your soul. And I think you've probably picked up now that I'm all about the soul. So that's good to hear. That's good to hear that we're not selling our soul. That's what we're going to find out about today. So before we go into the topic that we're going to discuss today, which is all about course and product creation, uh, especially when you're a service-based business, Mm -hmm. I wanted to start
1: by just asking you about Jack the Cat. Jack the Cat. Oh boy, Jack. I do love him. So (laughs) I'm a crazy cat lady. We'll just put that one out there. I have eight cats and Jack is cat number five. We, my husband saw a post on Facebook in, I don't know, it was the winter time. It was a few days before Christmas. This little cat had been dumped out by his family after they moved and he was living under a bush. And we thought we'll bring him home for the holidays. That was in 2014. (laughs) And I just fell in love with him. So we kept him. He was our first foster fail. And last year we were having work done. We actually had a whole addition put on our home and one of the contractors left the door open and Jack the cat decided he was going to have a 43 day adventure. And I was just devastated. I I had seven other cats. It's not like I was like catless, but it's amazing how, when you have a certain dynamic in your home, that one "Quote unquote person or one being missing from that can really just throw everything off." Yeah, but he's home. He's fine. He's fat. Oh, good. He's home. He's home. They just
0: go. They just go out there, don't they? they're up to no good if they can get out there and the reason why I wanted to ask that is around I think we'll probably get onto it today but it's around that personal side of marketing I think one of the reasons why I asked you that question was I saw a post that you'd done in terms of how you relate everyday emotions the things that are going on in our everyday life and how that relates to actually marketing and and making making what we teach more relatable to people on an everyday basis so I thought you did a a really stellar genius job with that post
1: Thank you. That was one of my most one of my favorite posts to write. Not because of the subject matter. The subject matter was really hard (laughs) because I was actually started writing it while he was still missing. Yeah, but I do really think that bringing who you are and bringing your life into your marketing, into your business, it's really important for a few reasons. One, especially, we're going to talk about program and course creation when you create. Programs and courses that you're teaching something, you're selling you. Yeah. You're selling who you are and what experience and expertise and knowledge and personality you have. And if you hide the personal side of you, if you don't let your people see that part of you, they're not really going to be able to trust that you can connect with them to teach yeah. them what they need to know. Good so I, I love adding my life into marketing. I'm with you on that one,
0: so Alison. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your journey? How, where did you start out? How did you move into copywriting, and uh, what, what are you doing now? Yeah,
1: I fell into it completely by accident. So my whole life, I wanted to be a teacher. When I was a kid, I would play school with the other kids, and I would actually create homework for them. Like I really took it seriously. And in college, I accidentally took a class that was meant for current teachers. It was a continuing education class, not a degree course. And so it was me and a whole room full of 10 plus year experienced teachers. And nobody in that room was happy. Not one of them. And I thought, I can't sign up for this. I can't I can't do this for my, my whole life. I can't be this unhappy. But then I had that existential crisis because my whole life i've been preparing for this what do i do now i ended up i left school i got a what i call a big girl job the kind with benefits and health insurance which is not something you have to worry about it's an american thing but it was for this company glazer kennedy insider circle i was their administrative assistant and i just fell in love with it i had no idea this whole world existed i had a propensity for it apparently all my psychology classes and creative writing classes and English double major and all that prepared me to be a writer in a way that I didn't realize. And a little over three years after I started there, I left as the director of marketing. So I went from administrative assistant to marketing manager to marketing director within three years. So I really give Glazer Kennedy a lot of credit for seeing something in me as well and allowing me to grow because they taught me I had access to amazing resources. Whatever I wanted to learn, I could learn. And it really allowed me to grow in my in my craft, in my ability. So after Glazer Kennedy, I was working freelance. I had um, at one point I ran out of money. So I got a job. And then I left that job for another job and got laid off from that job a week before I got married. So that was fun. <laughs> So I'm getting married in seven days and I get the pink slip and I talked to my then fiance about it. And I was like, I think I just got to start my business again. I can't go through this anymore. Yeah. I had left enough to know. Job because I was stuck in this boys club and there was no room for advancement. And then I got this new and it, they laid me off and there's no security out there. I have to make my own security. And he, God love him. He went for it. And I joke that I married him for the health insurance. <laughs> <laughs> But that was in 2012 and it's not been the easiest road. Building a business isn't, but now I'm successful. I have clients all the time. I've got a podcast. I've got all these things and I'm enjoying it. And that's the main thing, isn't it? It's been, that's like the short journey, short version of the journey. I'm trying not to spend a whole four hours talking about my story.
0: (laughs) No, but it's so important. I think it's important for listeners to hear how we start out and how we end up doing what we're doing and how we can take our experience
1: from different things. Absolutely. I've tempted carpet companies. I've, I was, I worked in real estate for a while. I, where else did I work? I worked at a college bookstore. I've worked at a bar. Like I've worked at all of these places and every single one of those jobs has helped me in some way yeah. when it comes to serving my clients or growing my business. And I think that it's really important to not discount the experience that you have. I remember volunteering for a charity putting and, and helping to put together a gala. And that was my first insight into what event planning. Uh-huh. And now I write copy, like, you know what I mean? So it, it all comes together and all of the experience that people have can really affect the way that they serve their clients. If they're a service provider, the way they put content out there, and just run your business. Absolutely.
0: Right. Shall we get into it then? Let's, Let's talk about product creation. Yeah. So service businesses. Nearly forgot what we're talking about
1: there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's I was like, so engrossed in the story. There's so many things we can talk about. So before we dive into like how to do it or anything like that, I think it's really important to talk about why to do it. Yeah. And I'm a service business owner, so I get it there are so many people out there that are telling you to stop trading hours for dollars. Mm -hmm. And we believe that, and we want to grow our businesses. We want to scale up. And we think that maybe having a product that we can create one time and sell to people multiple times is the best way to do that. Yeah. I'm going to say it is a way to do that. I'm not going to agree that it's the best. So I'm trying to be hashtag real talk here I have launched products. I have not been this huge, amazing success. There's a lot of factors that go into launching a product. One thing that I've discovered is that my service business audience is not appropriate for a product. My service business audience wants me to do it for them. They have a totally different profile than people who want a DIY or do it yourself solution and so when you create a product to launch it have you spent time building that audience of the right people or are you going to try to launch a product to the current list or audience that you have is that going to work another thing that i think a lot of people fall into this trap is that it's passive income yeah you create it once and you don't ever have to do anything ever again. It is not passive. It is very much active. You're just doing different activities. And you're focused on lead generation and visibility and getting it out there and just driving leads and optimizing the funnel and there's a lot of work that goes in behind the scenes that you're not selling services to a client, but you are still selling something. So there's still work. And I think the the other thing that that people don't think about is that if you have gotten to a point where you're charging a premium rate for your services, if you're at the point where you're topping out the market, and I, I find that's when a lot of service businesses go into creating a product, is they just can't raise their rates anymore. Mm-hmm. So there really is no way for them to make more money. They've topped out on the income. That is still going to be a big breadwinner for you. And so- What I like to do with my business is I have products and I have things and they, instead of just driving everyone to a product, I love to drive them to the product. If they're not a fit for my service, I still want clients, I love my clients. First of all, they make the money. They make me money. I love the relationship that I get to have with my clients. It keeps my feet on the ground. I still, I'm continually developing my abilities. So when you're thinking about creating a program or a course or a signature product or whatever it is, really think about what your goals are for your business and what you want it to look like a year, two years, five years down the road. Do you want to eventually move out of being a service provider? If so, how are you going to do that financially yeah. so that you're not just feast or famine yourself? So I've launched a product. I launched my first product. And I focused 100% of my attention on that. But what I wasn't focusing on was getting new clients. Right. And so I had a couple really rough months because the product wasn't selling as well as I had hoped or planned for. And I didn't have clients. So it was like, I don't have any money. (laughs) So before we talk about anything about how to create it, which I'm happy to talk about that at length, I just really wanted to set some of those expectations up that this jumping into it and thinking, oh, this is a great idea because I heard someone talk about it on a podcast or I saw a webinar. I never want to stop anybody from making moves in their business, but I do want to say this has been my experience. It's harder than it sounds to be successful with it. It can be an amazing complement to an already thriving business. Right. So do you think it's
0: where it slots in the business? Like
1: it's part of a particular journey or it's an add-on perhaps, or it's solving Absolutely. a problem. Yeah. So I have, right now I have a product that is a set of email marketing templates and they I've got different templates for different things. And this is the product that I offer to people if I'm on a call with them and their budget just isn't going to cut it to hire me to write them for them. You know what I mean? So it's an option for people to still work with me at a lower investment than the completely custom done for you copy. That's a fantastic way to leverage products in your service business. Yeah. Because then you're reaching people who are out of in different budgets. Hey, you've got a done for you budget. Awesome. Hey, you've got a do it yourself budget. Awesome. And, and even beyond budget, there are some people who just don't want to do it. They can afford to do it or they can afford not to do it. They just don't yeah. want to, so they're going to hire you. And there are some people that can afford to hire you, but this is something they love to do in my case, write copy. They love to write copies. So they're going to do it themselves. So it doesn't even need to be budget. It can be mindset. It can be part of the, your client's journey. So yeah. I love products as an add on as something in addition to your service. I think it's great.
0: Okay, so what would you say then? So, so some people may be thinking or maybe afraid to package that knowledge and wisdom because they maybe think that it might mean that the customers don't need them anymore, perhaps, if you know
1: what I mean. I get that. Yeah, <laughs> it's scary because you don't want to work yourself out of a job either. And if you set someone up for success, do they need to come back to you and pay you anymore? And when you're running your service business you want them to keep coming back yeah it's much easier to sell an old client than it is to find a new one in my experience we'll use my template system so there are people that have purchased that they were never going to buy my done for you packages ever they just weren't so this is a way that i can get them into my customer circle without that huge investment Also, there are people that will purchase my template system who are checking me out. They're not ready to invest the premium done for you price yet. This is a way for them to get to know me, to see what I'm about and then make that jump. And the other thing is there is definitely a value difference between having me do it for you and having a template. The templates never change. They don't get updated. You've got to fill them in yourself. Your custom copy is 100% custom. I don't use templates when I write for clients, I might use an idea. I might use a swipe, but I don't use templates. I created these templates for this product. And so the value is different. Uh I know that I can have this expert copywriter, look at all my stuff, do all the research. X, Y, Z for me, or I can do it myself and spend the time to do it, save some money. Totally, two totally different value propositions. And I really do believe that the customers who buy your products, they're just either not ready for the premium, they're not the right audience for the premium, or they need to know more before they're ready to dive into the premium. And so you can use your product as a way to begin to ascend. It's an ascension ladder thing. And so you can get them to ascend up to the next level of customership, <laughs> which I just made that word well, up.
0: That's it's a good word to you I use. think so. <laughs> okay, so. Do you consider yourself to be a spiritual entrepreneur or individual? who is looking to find your forever tribe, your people, your community, people just like you. Do you often feel unable to focus or stay motivated and productive on your goals or maybe struggle to manage your time effectively? If so, how would you like to be part of a positive, uplifting community where you can surround yourself with others also on their own spiritual paths. People who are also looking to have more clarity and focus in their lives to achieve their goals whilst learning to use methods such as creative visualization, journaling, meditation, and gratitude to live a more positive, focused, and intentionally joyful life. To join for free, simply head to visualizeyou.com forward slash community. So somebody's thinking about creating a product, where should they start? Let's just go back to basics.
1: The first place you should start is by writing out your exact process for what you do. Okay. So if I am, let's say I'm a branding expert, I'm just trying to go away from the copywriter example, but I'm a branding expert and I have a process that I take my clients through to help them develop their brand. I'm going to write down that process. Then I'm going to collect any resources that I deliver to my clients during that time. And I'm going to collect all those together too. We have, we're just in collection mode. Yeah. Then I'm going to think about anything that my clients need to do before, during, or after my time, their time with me. And I'm going to write all that down. I'm going to create a checklist out of that. Okay. So now I've got my process, my resources, and my checklist for the process. I'm going to maybe say, okay, step one is XYZ. i Z. I'm not a branding expert, so I'm not even going to pretend to know what that <laughs> process is. But <laughs> Step hey, one the is ABC. <laughs> All right. I can do a quick video on this and resource one goes there. All right. Step two is this. I can do three videos on that resources, two and three go there. And I'm going to start building my modules. And so now you're teaching them and you're providing them a resource. All right. Now, I'm going to probably end up doing a more full episode on this with my own podcast later, but we'll share it anyway. It's called the tap method to creating content that actually helps teach, assign, provide. You teach them something, assign them a, a homework or an exercise and provide a resource to help them do it. Ooh, I like that. So if I was going to say, just go back to the copy, I'm going to teach you how to write a great headline Now I want you to create 20 headlines and here is a quick and dirty formula to help get you started. I'm teaching you, I'm assigning you, I'm providing you Mm -hmm. and you are going to do that for every single module or every single step in your process. Okay. If you have a three step process or a 12 step process, I don't care. You're going to do the TAP for every single step. By the time you're done, You have now systemized what you do for clients and you can choose to then create a huge group coaching program from all of the steps, which would be complete with access and accountability and coaching, or you can create a tiny DIY product, right? There's a ton of names for it. Tiny offers is the first one I saw by Allie Bjork, pocket products I've seen. You can create one of those little mini products Uh and maybe you just give them step one right? Or step one and two. So now that you have your whole process created, you can chunk it up, you can parse it out, you can put it together in multiple different ways to create different levels of engagement and investment with you. But then I want to talk about the bonuses. So I did do a podcast episode on this and it's called the bonus sandwich. And we go into depth, I believe it's episode number eight, but don't quote me on that. We go into depth on it on my podcast, but the long and short of it is you wanna create a sandwich out of your bonuses and your product or course content. Your course or product content is the meat, cheese, and toppings, right? It's your burger, Mm -hmm. it's your cheese, it's your mayo and lettuce and tomato. Your bonuses are the bun, okay? Yeah. So when you're thinking about bonuses, you wanna think about what they need to be ready for your course or program or product, and what are they going to need to be successful afterward? And you sandwich your course in between, before, during, and after, basically. Yeah. A lot of times in order to be ready for the content that you're providing, a lot of my clients will use mindset as their their top one bonus. uh To get people ready to be. Get people ready to, Uh to make the change, to get that transformation, to implement, do whatever it needs to be done. If I was going to say, okay, we're going to write your sales page. Maybe my get ready bonus would be, let's do all the research. Here's your assignment for the two weeks before we start. Then your bottom bun is everything they need to be successful afterward and not everything, but something. Yeah. So this could be maybe you're in the case of branding. This could be, here's how to use your new brand. How here's how to launch your new brand on social media. Or with copy, this, if I was to do a signature sales page thing, it would be maybe here's how to promote a launch or a dating coach, because I've given this, I gave this example in the podcast, right? So I'm going to help you meet great people online. So my, my top bun bonus would be some mindset stuff right? Here's how to get some confidence and get ready to go and meet great guys. My bottom bum bonus would maybe be how to slay that first date. Get them ready, help them be successful. So you've got your system, you can parcel it out any way you want, but you're also going to help them be successful before and after.
0: Yeah. And I think that's really important because you see, I mean, I think there's a little bit of when it's done in the wrong way, this bonus fatigue, because people just throw any old crap from the, you know, the depth of time that they've had, the PDF on their computer, or they wrote something in 2010, which is just not relevant. But, and they put it out there and it does more damage than good, right? Because it's not aligned. But I think that it's a really great concept, the sandwich, because everybody can relate to eating a sandwich. But also you can see it. So if people were to go look at some courses, today you'll you'll probably see not in all cases but where it's done correctly Mm -hmm. you'll see that value before and afterwards so I I just don't think I've ever heard it explained
1: in that way but you
0: so you talk about that on your podcast
1: yeah so we did a whole episode on the bonus sandwich we talked about maybe where you can get some of them how you can build them from content that you already have content you can easily create other people's content so I've been a bonus for people's courses. Yeah. I've delivered content that is a bonus for some people's courses and it it works for me. It's, it takes me half an hour. What do I care? (laughs) You know what I mean? But it it delivers value and it helps them be successful beyond just what you're giving them in the meat. And I think what we want to always make sure, no matter what kind of course that we're creating or program, that we are really delivering that transformation Uh even if we're not a transformative coach because not everybody is but our clients are always looking for an end result they're always looking to be an after whether they're looking to get a new brand or they want new copy or they're looking to meet a guy online or they're just trying to take care of their books their finances whatever they're trying to do they want that after state
2: Mm -hmm.
1: if your program doesn't actually help them get there what can you add to it to make sure it does because when we sell the program we're going to sell them the after state we're going to sell them on that and if we can't deliver that if it doesn't hold up that's when you get people who are unhappy Mm -hmm. that's when you get refund requests chargebacks and that's not what you want to do now if you sell them a tiny program right you parse it out you sell them that mini offer or whatever we're not going to promise the after we're going to promise the after of that module or that step or that piece so when it comes to selling your program you really want to make sure you're only promising what you can and do actually deliver. It's really easy to want to promise them the world to get that sale, but that's not going to end up in long-term fans. Sure. And especially if your goal is to get those people into your client world, into your customer circle, so that they may pay those premium service prices later sure so while we're on bonuses
0: then and one of the other things that you see when people are packaging courses is this overinflation of prices sometimes yes what are your thoughts around that because sometimes you can see straight through it and other times it's justifiable but have you got any anything you can share maybe around the pricing of courses or what not to do so
1: the way that i like to price them okay you're actually asking two questions, pricing courses and bonus values. So I'm going to start with bonus values. Cause that okay. one's a little more straightforward. I like to price a bonus at a price that I've previously sold it or that I would sell it if I'm planning to sell it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm hosting, let's say I'm hosting a workshop next month and I'm planning to charge $47 for it. Cool. That's a $47 value right there, hard and fast, because that's what I'm charging for it. Now, if it's on my website as a recording, by the way, I am planning to do this as a way you can create content. I'm hosting a workshop and charging for it. Then I'm going to take the recording, put it on my website and charge 27 for it because there's value in being there live. They're not getting that value. I'm going to discount the price, mm-hmm. but it still has a $47 value because that's what I charged for it. Okay. I have a bonus for the email templates. It's an um, email. What do I call it? The mega email subject line swipe file or something. And I forget what value I put on that, but let's say I put 97 on it because I would sell it for 97. There are like 600 subject line templates in there. It's huge. You know what I mean? So if I... Like really, and make sure it's in line with the rest of it. If you're selling a $2,000 program and giving them a $7 bonus, boring. If you're selling a $7 program and giving them a $2,000 bonus, unbelievable. Right. So where can it be in line? A $47 program with a $47 bonus? Believable. A $150 program with a $97 bonus? Believable. Mm-hmm. And, it, and intriguing. So you really want to make sure the bonus value price is A, true if you've sold it before, or B, in line with the pricing of your program itself. Now, when it comes to your program, there are different price points for different interactions, okay? Yeah. I have a client who did sell her... Basically, her first version of a group coaching program for three fifty, and it was twelve weeks. That's entirely too cheap. They don't have the financial buy-in to stick with you. Mm-hmm. She did a really amazing job at engaging everyone, and they actually using her as an example is probably a bad idea because she she was amazing with this thing. I still don't know how she did it. She kept her people engaged. She created a community from them. It was It was really beautiful to watch, but. She this like if she launches it again, I'm telling her to go with at least $17.50. <laughs> so if you're doing the mini offers, those are going to be your low price ones. A lot of people also hear them as like trip wires. So trip wires are between seven and 27. Yeah, mini offers are usually 27 to 47, and then you have your standard. Which is anywhere between 47 and 197, and then you start to get into your more premium programs.
0: But with so with the low entry trip wires, then there's normally an upsell, or do people do them just to get people on the list?
1: So there's a couple of reasonings. If you go with where trip wires originally came from, which is the concept's been around for forever, but Ryan Dice of Digital Marketer really started talking about them a few years ago. The whole idea between or behind the 7 or $17 tripwire is to change the relationship mm-hmm. from lead to buyer because it does. And the whole idea behind that is that the easiest person to sell to is someone who's already purchased from you. That's yeah. just the way it is. Mm-hmm. So by getting them to hop into that having purchased from you category, it's then easier to sell them larger things down the road. The mini offers really, it's like it's called a self liquidating offer. And the whole idea behind those is that they can leverage Facebook ads or other ad- advertising avenues and have the product pay for it. So as long as if, if their product is $47 and as long as they're make, it costs them less than $47 to get that sale they're breaking even and they're adding X number of people to their list Mm -hmm. it's basically free lead generation is the way that it's positioned yeah now of course the caveat Facebook ads are hard (laughs) so I just want to put that out there if you're not already a Facebook ads expert you're gonna need to be one or you're gonna need to hire one if that's the route you take because they're hard it's hard to get them really working and it's hard to tap them in. And it's, again, it's not passive. And then once you go beyond that, when you get to the 47 and above offers, those are typically the offers that you make to a warmer list, people who are already warmer leads to you. Once you get into the multiple hundreds or you put a comma in that price tag, it requires a sales call, all right? It used to require a webinar. I would say a webinar for anything over 97 or above Mm -hmm. for sure a webinar or live video or something where they're, they're, they're getting content and then a pitch. If it has a comma, it needs to be a sales call. End of discussion, no question. And so when it comes to pricing your course, also consider how do you want to sell it? Do you want to do sales calls? If not, Do not put a comma in that price tag. Just don't do it. Do you want to do a webinar? If not, better be under a hundred bucks. Right. You know what I mean? Do you Uh want to run Facebook like that? So of course we want to look at the value that they're going to get. We want to look at the transformation they're going to receive, but really in order to begin thinking about a price, we need to look at it from our business side. How do we want to do it? Because that's going to direct us on everything else. If I don't wanna do sales calls ever, why would I put out a huge 22 module group coaching program that I know is gonna to need to be at least three grand if I don't wanna do a sales call? So that's gonna help me re- reduce my effort or change my effort or refocus my effort to something else, that makes sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you've mentioned about Facebook ads being hard for some people. Yeah. And there will will be experts out there and and people who can ease that burden a little bit. But if you were starting a course today, and you've got a course coming out shortly, I think you've mentioned, how would you mark your course? And what would you say is an easy way for people to get started? Yeah,
1: my podcast co-host Jenny and I, we have started with a phrase, you either have to work for it or pay for it. And that is very true when it comes to traffic and visibility, you can either pay for it with Facebook ads and getting visibility and paying to be on stages and all of that, or you can work for it. You can do organic promotion. You can work to grow your audience. You can hustle basically. Mm -hmm. And so if I was launching a course tomorrow, I would have started two months ago, building my audience, engaging my audience, creating a ton of buzz. And then tomorrow, I would probably start promoting a webinar. Then I would promote that for nine or 10 days, host that webinar, sell the course on the webinar and then do it again. i would do another webinar and then I would do another until the literal day. My course starts if it's okay. a group coaching program. Yeah. So if I was doing kind of one of those where, uh, with a comma in it, price tags, that's how I would do it. I would webinar drive to a sales call, and sell them on the sales call, and I would rinse and repeat until the day my program actually starts. Yeah, I would and I be think rolling people up to the night before.
0: And that's it, is it. I think it's the multiple touch points. I think people mm-hmm. they do it once, and then it hasn't worked, and it's not. It, it, it's that that's whole fun. snowball effect. It's that, but you don't know when the big one's going to come in, but it will come in. You just got to keep on that, knocking on it's, that door.
1: And so the podcast that I've referenced a few times now is new. And I'm sorry for keep continuing to reference it. It's just it's a huge part of my business these days. But I remember the first couple of weeks, I was like, this sucks. <laughs> nobody's <laughs> listening. Nobody's commenting. Nobody's doing anything. And then, oh, I started to get a few more followers. Oh, I've got a lot of friend requests. Oh, we've got downloads. Oh, we've got leads you know what I mean like it Uh the first couple weeks it was like nothing and then it was like okay we've got two three more leads this week okay we've got five or six this week and it just grows and grows and that's why if you're gonna start promoting something start building that audience months in advance it should always be something you're doing
0: yeah and this is why I've um created the whole launch squad around my podcast because Mm -hmm. I want it to, I want it to, I want it to have that longevity and I want to market the butt out of it over the next eight weeks once once it's live. It's not just, oh, I'm live today and that's it. And so I'll probably do a solo show actually on that at some point and my experience Mm -hmm. of that. I would. Yeah. yeah, it's not just a one hit. It's no. a, It's a, and this is a business. If you're a brick and mortar it business, is. you wouldn't just turn up to the office one day and go, oh, "We're not having any customers today, so we, we won't come back tomorrow." And I think <laughs> we treat it, we treat it a little bit different because if you're purely an
1: online business, exactly. Shouldn't. The thing is, as a service provider, it can be really tough to find the energy, the effort, the time to do all of this promotion. And I will tell you. Even before I launched a product, I started the self-promotion thing. I'm on podcasts a lot. Yeah. I'm in groups all the time and I get clients.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I get tagged in so many posts all the time in different groups. I'm in so many groups. I can't even tell you because somebody will tag me and I just go join the group. <laughs> no, <we to> said... <laughs> grab the tag. But even after I started selling products, I still get clients from all the promotion I'm doing. Yeah. Because the people that are following me may fall into that premium done for you camp. And I it reminds them to reach out to me. I'll get a comment, hey Allison, awesome post. Can we schedule a call? Sure you can pay me a couple grand. No problem. That's so it. it's this kind of comes back to what I was saying earlier about forgetting about your clients. And focusing on the course, and it is really hard to juggle both, but you can do both. The client that I referenced that launched her course that was way underpriced, she scheduled calls from her webinars, and we call it prescriptive marketing, Jenny and I do. But on these calls, she didn't just say, I'm going to tell you about my program, she said, Tell me what's going on, Mm -hmm. where are you, what's what do you need, and if they identified through her, through that call with her, that they were better suited for done for you work. That's what she sold them. These sales calls do not just have to be one type. Sure. And it's, even if you have packages in your business, you're probably willing to say, okay, yeah, I can do this custom thing for you. I always give custom quotes because packages don't really work for me. Mm -hmm. But there's no reason that you can't generate sales calls from a webinar and fill your done for you or your service business pipeline, as well as sell your product. So figure out how to do both.
0: Yeah. Look at it different. Okay. So well, you've referenced the, your podcast episode a lot, and I will put it in mm-hmm. the journal because it's it's all relevant, isn't it? I think find out more <laughs> about the sandwich. Everybody yes, wants to find out so more about sandwiches.
2: But,
0: um, I'm hungry now. <laughs> what's next for you then in and your business and where do you visualize you moving in, into the future with your new podcast and everything else
1: that you've got going on? So the podcast, I totally visualize staying caught up on this thing because wow, production schedules are a beast. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for my business, there are a couple of things. There's some long-term goals that I've been considering. I'd love to write a book in the Me next too. year I've actually been saying that for four years now so I'd like to actually do it this time and it would be really cool actually to build my copy business into an agency more of an agency style and what that would do is I would still be involved in the writing but not as much and I'd be able to train other writers and and help them on their careers as well which would be amazing and launching products and I just want to build an empire man <laughs> I, want the, I want the whole shebang that's great so, yeah okay
0: thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge and wisdom yeah, with our you. listeners today like i said i'll put everything in the show notes is there anywhere that you would like to send people today to find out more about
1: you can always head to the system to and that is the podcast website if you want to listen to any of the episodes that i've been rambling on about you can check my website out at alisonlex.com and from either one of those places you can find me on all the socials and stuff so and all those groups that listen is in you'll find you in all there, those so. groups that i'm in <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay so that's all for today be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts if you have any aha moments tag me in your social media stories and please 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 leave me a review on itunes it'll really help me out until next time remember to visualize you